<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka. I always schedule my podcasts to download first thing on Thursday morning. So that means on Wednesday night when I leave work, I load them into the system and then they're ready to go. But then some weeks I'll wake up in the morning on Thursday and think, I should just delete that. I should just get rid of it. It's early in the morning. No one will notice and I'll upload something else later. Well, last week was one of those. Episode 30 was my interview with my doctor, Dr. Ashley Kaiser, looking back on the day that Everett was born, and officially a year ago this week. That included rereading that Facebook post that helped me realize that all those feelings of sadness and isolation and failure were in fact postpartum depression. And since then, on social media and through this podcast, I've tried to keep that conversation going. But even now, a year later, I'm still waking up in the morning feeling embarrassed, like, quick, delete those thoughts, get rid of them. What won't people think when they hear it? And I think in some ways, I'm also wondering if people are tired of hearing my sob story. I don't know. So I didn't delete the episode. I let it go. And then I started getting messages from people saying, you heard me, you relate with me, you cried with me, you got me. And then I was glad that I didn't delete that episode. And so it's like you can't help but wonder if you're on the cusp of something important, is that when you freak out and panic and want to run away? I think that is for me. So in the spirit of keeping the conversation going today, I want you to listen to this chat with my friend Karen Johnson. She's the mother of three, just had a baby girl, and she is one of the kindest people I have ever met She has the most gentle spirit, the most open heart. She's the type of friend who really listens. And she really listened when I needed her. And she's opening up today about her own feelings about postpartum depression and what her got and what got her through some pretty isolating days. Um, So I, I think you'll enjoy this conversation. She is part of the mom village, the mom tribe that got me through a tough time in my life. When I look back on it, I'm afraid I'm going to forget something nice that somebody did for me. Um, my friend Katie, uh, shortly after I started opening up about my issue with postpartum, she organized a wine night with a bunch of girlfriends in the Fit for Mom village. And I remember going to that that wine night and sitting there and looking at all the faces of people who basically dropped everything to come to this, to this wine night. And I thought, this is how I'm going to get through it through people who just are there, you know, they didn't do anything else, but they were there. And so, um, I I just want to say thank you to everybody, especially as I look back on this, this one year milestone with my Everett. 
So um, we're just going to get into the episode, episode 31 with Karen Johnson. No Bachelor recap tonight because I am recording this and then I am on a plane tomorrow. So I'm not going to be able to record a Bachelor recap. But if you follow me on at Denise WQAD on Instagram, I will post my thoughts on my Instagram story. And if you would, please support the podcast by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you leave a little note in there, I'll be able to read it. Give a five stars. It basically tells Apple to pay attention to us, and that's important to um, get more people listening and knowing about our show and that it exists. So, And then the other thing you can do is share this episode with a friend. Share your favorite episode, 1 through 30, with a friend and let them know that we're here because hopefully this podcast can be a village for some of you too. So here we go. This is On a Mother Level with Denise Hanitka, and this is Karen Johnson. My friend Karen Johnson is in the podcast studio with me today. Karen is the mom of three, two boys, and a brand new baby girl. Thanks so much for coming to the studio today. Thanks so much for having me, Denise. I'm so happy to be here. How is that Janie Lou doing? She is so good. Um, That's not her middle name. Did I just make that up? Are you serious? Oh, wow. I'm impressed with myself. Good job. Yes. (laughs) She's so good. She's kind of a dream baby i don't even want to i don't even want to really want to give her stats but she's a big girl loves to eat full of rolls um like i was telling you before Mm -hmm. unless you've had a kid with rolls and i never had they are high maintenance (laughs) it involves a lot of wiping out because she will smell like a belly button if she is not you know you gotta yes so she is so wonderful though she is such a doll and really like i can't I can't even believe her little rolliness. Like she, she's perfectly around. She's. I think at her last appointment, she was like in the seventy-second percentile for oh, weight. Oh, that's it. At, but seventeenth for length. Oh. So she's like, she's like perfectly around. She's so. compact. She is. Okay. She packs a lot of punch. Yep. So tell me about older brothers, Hank and Fred. Hank and Fred. So Hank turned five in November, oh. and Fred is three. Actually. Fred and Jane share a birthday. They were both born on August 29th. How did I not know that? So Fred had a big day. His birthday <laughs> was his first day of preschool, and his little sister was born that day. Oh, my gosh. So they're a lot of fun. Hank and Fred, they're they're both in preschool. They both go to uh, Tuesday and Thursday. They go together oh, that's to class. Cute. So that's fun. And then Hank goes a couple days on his own. So. Well, it's funny because I met you three years ago when we both started going to Fit for Mom Stroller Strides. Yes. And so we both had um, little ones in the stroller at the yeah. time. You had Hank who was probably about three at that so time? I, yes, yes. Okay. Just and, and Fred and Abram are like three weeks apart in yeah, age, something, something like, like that. that. Very, very close in age. So yeah. we were kind of going through that period of time at the same time because yeah. you had just started Stroller Strides and then I joined shortly afterwards. So it's been such a, um, it's been such a pleasure meeting people in the same yes. stage of life, mm-hmm. um, going through the same things and having these beautiful children um, show us their personalities and make us laugh. Oh, they do too. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, Denise, have I ever told you when we first met? Oh, God. No, it's great. <laughs> so, no, I was just telling my husband the story. I remember the first time we, like, had an interaction at Stroller yeah? Strides. We were going through that front door, 
And do you remember we used to go through the front door beyond the yes, baseline? Yes. And it like you can barely fit a double stroller through, and that's what I had at the time. And so I was trying to get through, and you were coming in behind me, so I was trying to hold the door for you. And you were like, here, let me just ram you through. And you got your store and you <laughs> rammed me through. And I was like, yes, we're going to be friends. I know I like her already. <laughs> I can't believe I, like, nearly damaged your stroller no, during a first no, meeting. Like, what kind of all. savage no, am I? No, <laughs> you were just like, I'm going to help you get through this door. And I'm like, yes. Because I would have rammed you through had roles been reversed. I mean, that's the kind of friend I am. And actually, that is the kind of friend you are. Because we are going to get to a um, period in my life in which you did ram me through. Oh. Truly. Um, So that's the whole reason that you're here, Karen. Um, In addition to um, just catching up, we really should have been recording about 20 minutes ago. Don't you agree? (laughs) Yeah, I do. We've laughed a lot already. (laughs) So tell me about this transition to three. How has it been adding Jane to the family? So what I... What I would say to most people is that because she is such a good baby, she really is, the most difficult thing has been the logistics. So just, I mean, to get three kids in their car seats, in the car every day to go to school, like it's rough. And then in and out of buildings, bringing everybody and everything is like for two kids. You know, like you go to Target and it's got room for two kids in the car. Yeah. Or You know, so the logistics are, I find, what is the most difficult. But Jane is such an easy fit to our family. Oh. I mean, people tell you your third is, is a nice little addition, and she really is. So, What yeah. do you think is the biggest difference between you as a mom of one versus you as a mom of three? My husband said this to me the other day. He's like, Karen, you know, when Jane cries, like if you're making dinner, it's like you don't even hear. (laughs) It's like until you're done. And then, you know, by then maybe she's even stopped crying. So I would say I was so reactive to every little need Hank had when Mm -hmm. he was a baby. And so I'm just so much more chill. Like things can wait. It's okay if babies cry. It's like exercise for babies when they cry, so. But Mac, has he ever really gotten over the sound of a baby crying? Because Turner, like, it, it stresses him out terribly. Hang, or excuse me, my husband Mac, too. He feels, he's just like the noise. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, like a siren going off, like, yes. we need to help this child immediately. Yes, like, he will always be the one to pick up the crying <laughs> baby. I'm like, ah, she's fine. I was going to be done in two or three minutes. But, yeah, so he still is a little more reactive than I am, but that's okay. And are brothers pretty um, pretty gentle with her, or are they, um, are they giving her the full treatment? You know, it's funny that boys have just polarizing um, reactions to her. So Hank, my five-year-old, super indifferent. I mean, not mad about having a little sister, but not like, oh, I want to hold her. He's never held her, okay. and I don't push okay. it. Yeah. That's okay. Um, but Fred, oh my goodness, Fred adores her. So every day he tells her, isn't she so cute, mom? And he wants to go get her. He calls him a bone, which is a bow (laughs) for her hit. So, I mean, he always is wanting to sit by her and hold her. So that's really precious. Yeah. For some reason, I thought a bone was going to end up being like a teething biscuit or something. (laughs) (laughs) She probably would like that too. Yeah. Um, but no, he adores her. So that's really sweet to see. Oh gosh. I love watching the two of them interact. Abe and Everett are so funny together, especially now that Everett can kind of 
contribute a little bit more yeah. to this relationship. I mean, still not a ton because he's only one, but he'll kind of, you know, you know how one-year-olds just kind of like wave their yes, arms around, you know? Flapping. Yeah. Yes. And so, so Abe thinks that's very hilarious, you know, Aww. that just like this, this wings are just flapping yeah. at him. Um, so I think that's really cute. But overall... Abe's, Abe's a little heavy-handed. You know Is what I mean? He really? Like he's a little like like he thinks you know like why wouldn't I pick up this child by the head? Oh, you know like oh. why wouldn't you know? He's like I'm very heavy, brother. Very heavy. I'm like well, <laughs> certainly yes. He's quite heavy. That is so funny, <laughs> but they love each other. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah, it's nice. very very sweet. So, yeah, I can't believe, um, let's see, when this episode airs, I will officially have a one-year-old and a -a three-and-a-half-year-old, and the world has just totally passed me by. It's so crazy when you get to that one-year mark, how you just really... First of all, I've always felt like that one year is like like you're you've been running a marathon and you finally hit that finish line. Like it, yes. things are about to get easier. Absolutely they are. Like yeah. you feel like great, I'm glad you're one year old, but I'm so proud of myself that I survived your first year. Totally. Don't you? Yeah. Yes. Because I feel like you can um and maybe it's because of the the, the change in daycare situations but you know you don't have to pack the bottles anymore you can pack the the you know the whole milk instead and so all those little things the logistics like you're talking about Mm -hmm. do get a lot easier yes one big difference between um abram and everett is i still have everett in the um in the infant carrier abe was out of that thing after like four months i mean because he was too heavy to carry around yeah and now i don't care how heavy ever it gets it's like it's easier to have you in there so yes. just his feet stick out way you know <laughs> past the thing but it's like that's it <laughs> he probably loves it in there those little infant carriers are they're they're comfortable yeah they're so easy so yeah. i feel like i feel like he'll probably be 18 months before i pull him out of that thing <laughs> he'll be unbuckling himself <laughs> So yeah. the reason that I wanted to have you here today, Karen, is um, kind of piggybacking on my conversation that I had last week with my doctor. And so, number one, um, I don't want to be the girl who, like, only talks about postpartum because, like, I don't want people to be like, really, this again? But I do think um, getting to that one-year mark is a good time to kind of look back yes. and um, kind of celebrate where where you've been yes. and also, you know, express gratitude to the people who helped you get through a really rough patch. Right. And so I want to say it was maybe it had to have been a month after I had Everett mm-hmm. and you and I had been corresponding a little bit on Facebook messenger and you said, let's take a walk at the mall you know, because right. it was, I mean, that was like a terrible winter last oh, year. You remember how horrible. awful it was. Yes. So we decided we were going to be really cool and be mall walkers. Yes. And so <laughs> I got both kids out of the house that morning and I met you at the mall. And I don't, I mean, I knew we were going to catch up and I knew it was going to be a nice conversation, but I don't think that I I don't think I could have ever expected Aww. what that conversation would become, yeah. you know? Um, and I and I had no plan for it, but I remember we were standing next to the Ashley Furniture at South yes, Park Mall. we had just walked in. Just walked in, and you said, so how's it going so far? Mm-hmm. And I was fully about to say, or maybe I did, I said, it's going okay. And you looked right at me and you said, why don't you tell me how it's really going? Oh, that like makes me want to cry. Yeah. But, but, and I don't think, I don't think, 
Um, I mean, maybe I should leave it up to you. I mean, did you sense something was up, or did, were you just like, I've been here before, like, let's hash some stuff out? I feel like I, like, I absolutely remember that moment. Yeah. And I looked, like, I looked you in the eye, and I just, I wanted you to really look at me and tell me if it was okay or not. Yeah. And I could just, like, when I asked you that second time, you told, like, you told me, the truth like yeah. it's been really hard it's not going really well no no and it wasn't going well at all and um and it's like I didn't think I didn't go in with a plan to like lie you know what I mean no. but I just sort of thought like why would I why would why would this walk at the mall here like why would I just like unload my junk on right. her you mm -hmm. know and so it's like I almost want to say and, you know, I'm not trying to, like, call anybody out in my life because it's just my memory. But I don't know if anyone had really asked me that. Aww, you know what I mean? Sure, because Because it's just one of those things where life goes on and people ask about the baby. Yes. And it, they ask about how Abram's doing. And I, don't, and I don't know if anyone really said, like, are you okay? And then said, like, no, really. Oh, you know? absolutely. Because I think the expectation is... You've just had a baby. You've been so excited to have mm -hmm. your baby. Aren't you are sh uh, certainly so happy now, right? Right. Like And that's what's there to discuss? Absolutely. And that's just really not always the case. Yeah. And and I knew from my own personal experience that that is not how I felt 4 months or excuse me, 4 weeks out after having Fred. I did not feel okay. Really? So uh, that's why I, I really wanted to ask you, and I really not that I wanted the answer to be that you weren't okay, but I, you know, I think we all need to be given the opportunity to, to say how we really do feel. And I think in that moment too, I knew that you wanted the answer, and that it wasn't like a pleasantry or a nicety, no. you know, because you can tell the difference. It's like when you pass somebody in the hall at work, and they're like, "How's your day going?" And you're like, "Yeah, fine," right? Because you know they don't actually care about the answer because they're still walking. <laughs> right. They like wait for the answer, and yes, yeah. yes. Um, so anyway, so during the course of that conversation, we just um, we went back and forth, and um, it's worth noting that at the time you were very early pregnant too. You had just announced that yes. you were having Jane. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you, um, so you were going through that and then I was, um, you know, trying to figure out the mess that had become of my life. And so, I don't even know how many laps we took around that stupid mall. We took a lot of laps <laughs> and then the baby started crying so then yes. we just, we held them, we let the boys get out and play. They rode some monster they trucks. Rode some monster, yes, and we just like we just kept talking. Yeah, and so um, we just went back and forth, and you know I had known you for a little while at that point, and but I didn't know all of the things that you were going through with Fred right. or had gone through with right. Fred only a couple of years earlier. So, um, when did you feel like after Fred that things weren't a hundred percent right for you? So I, it stemmed back from when I had Hank. Um, I had like one of those magical, easy births, and I saw Hank's little face, and I fell so instantly in love with him. Yeah. Like what you see in the movies, you know, that's what it was. And so that was kind of my expectation going into having Fred. But leading up to that, I knew that Hank wasn't even going to be quite two when I had Fred, and he still seemed like such a baby to me. And so before I had Fred, I was already kind of grieving for Hank okay. that he wasn't going to have me all to himself anymore. 
So when I had Fred, I did not instantly fall in love with him in the hospital. So it started right there. Okay. And all I could think about, like these, these were my bad, I'm using quotes. These are my bad thoughts. Like all I could think about was Hank and I missed him and I wanted to hold him. And we got home and it, it would be like, I'd be okay first thing in the morning. And then like around noon or one, like this wave of sadness and these, you know, feelings would come over me. And I would think, I don't even think Fred's cute. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever love him like I love Hank. Like he just seems like such a stranger to me. You know, like you kind of expect, like I've carried them for nine months. I've been so excited to have this little person. And I just, I didn't know how I was ever going to love him. Yeah. And it was just these really sad, hard feelings. And I think what, what helped me so much, I mean, my faith, I mean, God got me through so much of it and he put people in my life, like my husband and my mom, and I have two sisters. Um, and so I would just, I would call them daily. I mean, I would kick a dead horse. Like I would say the same things every day. Like I'm feeling so bad for Hank and am I ever going to love Fred? And they were just so reassuring. Karen, we felt the same way. Um, you know, you will come out of this, these feelings that you have, they are so intense and they feel so real, but you know, you felt different at eight o'clock this morning than you did at one o'clock this afternoon. And so you, you know, rationally that there is a difference and you know, rationally that you're going to come out of this on the other side and you will love Fred. And I mean, just those conversations, I had them over and over and over and it was so, I just think you have to have people in your life that you can trust enough to tell the truth, to tell like how you are really feeling. And I think that's where you and I connected is that I had had those conversations, you know, roles reversed with my family. And so I wanted you to be able to tell me, you know, what your sad thoughts were, Yeah. you know, so I could speak, you know, hopefully I could speak encouragement and truth to you. So you would know that this is not permanent. This is, this is a temporary, Yeah. you know, and and it will get better. So when you first started having those feelings about Fred, were you scared to say them out loud or did you automatically like know that you had the right resources to, to reach out? I think that I had had just a little bit of postpartum with Hank. And so I recognized what it was. Okay. And I am <laughs> probably the reason that you and I like connected so well is that I am like, I am a person who likes to just like dig in deep and let's talk about real stuff. Like, yeah. I don't want to just like hit the surface notes. Like I want to talk about what's really going on. And so that's how I am with my family. Mm-hmm. And so I just knew I needed to talk to them. And, and I just felt like that was a clear direction for me. But I also recognize that not everybody has yeah. a mom and a sister or, you know, either in their lives or who can relate. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it's been important for me to share that um, with, with moms in my life, even if they haven't brought it up to me, just to share, hey, I've experienced this. So, like, if you do, like, talk to me because yeah. I... I know what it feels like. Well, and I think, honestly, what you said 
uh, right there is really important. The whole idea of recognizing your feelings, because I feel like it took me weeks to recognize that the feelings were a thing. Yeah. You know, um, because I kept thinking that, oh, if it was postpartum, I would be thinking this. Or other people I knew who had postpartum acted like this. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't recognize the experience that I was having as that same thing. And I also felt, um, like I said last week, like I felt like giving it a name was very attention seeking. Like, like it would be like a, well, everyone, this is what I have. You know, like it felt like, which also like how stupid, like who cares? But (laughs) for some reason in that moment, it felt like, like diagnosing myself with postpartum was very, very like self-indulgent, you know, like, oh, well, I'm sorry that you have a thing now, this thing that you have, you know? I would call it like, I would call it the sads. That's what I, like, I never said, oh, like, I have postpartum. Maybe I felt the same way as you did. Like, I just didn't want to label it. Or, like, I had not been diagnosed with it. I didn't want to diagnose myself. So I would just be like, I just, I have the sads again. You know, I I feel it. And people in my life recognized it. And, I mean, did you feel like you had people that you could talk to? Or did you have friends that you knew had experience something like it? Not necessarily, no. And um, and I remember having multiple conversations with my one dear friend, Allison, where she kept saying, like, is this postpartum? And I was like, no, because postpartum oh. is this and this and this. Right. And it's not this. And so I don't think so. We, You know, there were she asked me many, many, many times. And I remember because they do a good job in the hospital and at the doctor's office talking to you about postpartum and letting you know what, um, you know, what maybe to look out for. So I felt like I was aware of those things, but, but I just didn't feel like they applied to me Mm -hmm. in some way. I don't, I don't know. Cause even my husband a couple times was like, is this a thing? Like, is this, you know, like, this doesn't seem like it was before, you know? Right. And so there was a lot of, there was a lot of like weird denial on my part, partly because like I said, like I felt like it was very self-indulgent, but then also, um, you know, there are really, really, really severe cases yes. of postpartum. And so I felt like lumping my sads yeah. in with that was also extremely self-indulgent, oh, you know? Yes. And so I guess that's kind of, the reason that I like talking about it is that like whenever you share it with someone, they experience it in a different way. And so maybe if we all agree that you can experience it however you do, it's still a thing and it still does impact your bonding with your child. It impacts your relationship with your husband. And overall it contributes to the stress of an already stressful situation of having this new baby at home. Absolutely. I I completely agree with you because I think all of us have different thoughts, you know, different things that we contribute to how we're feeling. I, you know, at first I think maybe I just thought I just am feeling really bad for Hank. And when I, but then when I started to feel the waves of it coming over me, and I don't know how you experienced it, but for me, it was like, I could physically feel it coming on. Okay. Um, And then I would start like, oh, I'm just feeling so bad for Hank. And I would just obsess about that. Like somehow if I held him more, spent more time with him, I would feel better. But really it was just, I mean, it's those crazy hormones are so 
intense, but I think every woman who's experienced it, you know, it is a little bit different and it's not always like, you know, they give you the survey in the hospital and Mm -hmm. like, I'm feeling this way or this way, you know, like, I think I could have filled out that survey and they wouldn't have known that how I was feeling, you know, it's kind of not until you get into a good conversation with somebody that you kind of start recognizing it. And I think that's why it's so important to talk to people who know you well, Mm -hmm. like to know that I'm not really like that. Like I'm not really super obsessive about like my kids and what they're doing. Like I'm kind of like, I'm there, I'm parenting you, but I don't need to helicopter hold you all the time. Yeah. You know, so that was kind of a red flag for even my family. Like Karen, you know, it's, it's, you need to chill out a little bit, but it was more than that. And they, and I shouldn't say they, they didn't tell me to chill out. You know, they were very supportive, but they could see that's not how I would normally react to a situation. Yeah. So I assume you like Turner probably, like you were saying, he recognized that. Yeah. And I think he, you know, it just, There's a couple of key moments that really stick out for me as being light bulbs for myself that I wasn't acting properly because I remember leaving. um, I went to like the baby chiropractor a couple times for Everett to try to help him um, with a breastfeeding and he just like was not getting it. And so I remember on the way home from the baby chiropractor bawling in the car to Turner and saying like, if I tell anyone about this, they'll think I didn't want Everett. Oh. Which... That doesn't make any sense. No. That doesn't make any sense at all. But for some reason, in in that moment, I I just thought that that I appeared ungrateful. Oh. That, and so maybe I just wasn't saying a lot of these things out loud because right. of stuff like that. And I just I, I it's like I remember even where I was on the road yes. when I was crying about was this so and impactful. saying people will think I don't want him. Like, why would anyone think that? No, but in the moment, those feelings are so intense and they're so real. And that's why I think, like, postpartum or the sads are so, they're so isolating. Totally. Because you think crazy things. I mean, I'm sorry. They are a little crazy. Totally bananas. And you're ashamed. You feel guilty. You, like, attach all of it to yourself. Like, people will think this about me. People will think that I you know, whatever extreme, I'm going to do something to myself or my baby. And you don't want people to think that. So you just clam. At least I have a tendency to do that besides with my family. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm just not going to talk about it. Yeah. People get the wrong idea about me. Yeah. And I think also because I was having this trouble breastfeeding, I sort of associated like I'm, I'm upset because I can't do this thing. And if I work harder to, to get this breastfeeding going, then, then Mm -hmm. my mood will change. You know, I, I I associated a lot of bad feelings with this sense of failure that I was going through. So it's like, you do kind of assign well, if, if this was different, then I wouldn't be feeling this way, right. you know? And so now, oh, now I, I see that, that regardless, I think I would have felt the same way, yes. you know, even if I was having like the most magical breastfeeding experience, I th- still think right. something was not right in me hormonally, perhaps. Oh, absolutely. Because if it wasn't that, it would be something else. Yeah. You know, maybe you would feel bad about Abram or maybe you would feel like, oh, this is going to impact my marriage or, you know, I I think that's just the way our minds work. We just kind of fixate on one thing to kind of, yeah, but not that 
you did legitimately have a hard experience with breastfeeding. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you need people in your life to acknowledge that what you're going through is legitimately hard. Yes. Because that, I mean, that can feel bad to feel like you're doing all this work. And Mm -hmm. like, does anybody realize how hard this is? Right. And for other people, it's magical and easy. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not going to make you feel. And especially when you're, you know, you're working with lactation consultants and they're, they're supporting you in the goal that you have set. You said, I want you to get him breastfeeding. And so they're pushing and pushing and pushing because they're supporting the goal that you offered, you know? Right, But in that moment, you want them to tell you that it's okay not to, right? you know? But but they're doing exactly what you've hired them to do. It's sort of like, you know, you hire a personal trainer and you want them to, like, help you get strong. Yeah. And, like, so that's what they're going to do. Right. You know, I I hired this consultant to help me get strong, you know? Right. And all the while, I was like, you know, I would just much rather be fat. Thank you. Yes, I just, don't tell me to eat a donut because that's what I really want. (laughs) Don't we all? Yes. So, yeah, it's just such a complex time. And um, the other moment that really stands out to me is I was having this problem. Um, I had gotten a new, you know, car seat and stroller situation. And so ever the the, um, prepared mother, I decided I was going to try the car seat in the stroller in the garage so that I would understand how it works, you know, before you're standing in the mall parking lot. Oh, absolutely. So, but, but I still had to take, um, I had to take Abram somewhere for some reason. So anywho, I decided I was going to, you know, try this car seat in the stroller, but I couldn't get the car seat off of the stroller handle base thing, whatever. It just got... It like got latched, and yeah, and I yeah. didn't know where the buttons were exactly to release them, and so I was screaming and Aww. crying and just an oversized reaction to a very minor inconvenience. Absolutely. And I called my husband just screaming my head off like, J- just totally out of control. Oh, I understand. Completely out of control. Yes, I've done it myself. And so Please. after that, so that was just a whole mess. And so I recognized that that reaction was completely oversized and inappropriate. And um, I, I had to meet someone at Starbucks because I, I had to take Abram one place and then I had to meet someone at Starbucks, which is why I was stressed about getting this car seat situation yes. sorted out. I was going to walk around Home Goods after I met um, this girl at Starbucks. So you earned it. Honestly. I mean, obviously. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I had this crazy reaction to the stroller, oh. and I finally, like, got it figured out. Um, and then I, I wound up at the at the Starbucks, and, and in the meanwhile, like, I had been texting the person I was supposed to meet, you know, like, freaking out about this car seat thing and saying, I'm going to be late, I'm so sorry. And by the time I pulled up, she was there already, and I'd never met her before. Like, oh. we were just meeting real quick. And um, she goes, I... I got you a little Starbucks gift card. She goes, the, the transition to two was really hard for me. Oh. This is someone I did not know. She did not know my kids. She did not know me. And for some reason, she knew. She just knew. <sighs> she just knew. Oh my you know goodness. what I mean? It was the yes. strangest thing. Yes. It was just bizarre. She was sort of like, I'm, the only question she asked me is, she goes, is this your first? And I said, no, my second. She goes, yeah. That was hard for me, too, and oh. handed me a Starbucks gift card. And it was, like, the coolest moment ever. It I, was the uh, coolest thing ever. 
That was like mom to mom in the trenches. Like that's the kind of stuff that like she will never know what she did for me that day. You know, it was so, so huge. And so I wrote her a card and I said I would pay it forward. And so I finally was able to pay it forward a couple of months ago, which like sort of felt therapeutic in itself. Like I am now in a good enough place that I can now pay it forward, you know, to somebody else. So, so yeah, that was really cool. But those are the two like standout moments where it's like, this is not right. And I ended up like, after she gave me that Starbucks gift card, I I bought a coffee and then I cried for a while in the home goods uh, parking lot. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) And that's like, for me, like that's one of those God moments where he just knew that you needed that. Yeah. And I, that is so legit from one to two kids. So hard. So when you asked me about adding, yeah, really not that big a deal, but one to two is so hard. And I'm so glad that someone acknowledged that to you because it is so true. Yeah. I needed to know that for sure. Especially because she was driving a minivan. I think she has four kids. Like I've never, I've never seen her again. You know what I mean? I've never even seen her again. I hope she hears this. I know. I know. I've never seen her again. And I, I know she's out there and, um, yeah, it's like she, that's, God, just the way that she looked at me was like, and that's, I get it, I got you. Don't you feel like that is why we need community? Like totally. we need other moms in our lives to just encourage us and to acknowledge what we're going through is so hard. Mm-hmm. And for me, just like w- with my sisters and you with, I'm sure other people that you've talked to, just seeing other people come out on the other side. Totally. You know, like I, for me, like I told you, I didn't know if I would ever love Fred. I didn't think he was cute. Like, oh my gosh, if I can just tell you how much <laughs> I'm I I'm sorry, that's adore. really rude to laugh. No, I just think it's so funny because no, I know how much you love Fred now. now. Because it's laughable now and the moment it's so real. And then when it's done, you're like, I can't believe I ever thought that. That was crazy. When did that change for you? Did you ever talk to a doctor about it? You know, I didn't ever talk to a doctor. My poor husband, <laughs> mom and sisters, bless them. They got an earful like li- like multiple times every single day. Um, but thankfully with Fred, my postpartum probably only lasted like four or five weeks. Okay. And it was kind of like a lot of the day I felt really bad. And literally, it was just like one day, that wave of sadness just didn't come over me. Yeah. And then, like, it was two days and three days. And I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. Like, I think I passed this. And then I I looked at Fred, and I was just like, wow, I love him so much. He is cute. He's got the ugliest (laughs) feet I've ever seen. Oh, no. Have I ever seen Fred's feet? Oh, they're long (laughs) and white. I mean, he's a redhead. They're just, like, terrible. So just put some feet on, some socks on that guy, and, like, we're good. But I just, I mean, that's, I guess what I would, you know, say to other moms out there that are experiencing that, like, you will come out on the other Mm -hmm. side. Like, it really will be okay. And you really will love your baby. And, you know, in in the moment, like, I was talking to my sister about it today. It's just like, you just got to do the next thing. You know, you just got to change the next diaper. You just got to look at your baby, you know, read to them, sing to them, even if it's with tears streaming down your face. Just, just do the next thing. You don't have to think about the next five things you have to do. Just do that, that next thing. And like, eventually you will get through it. You really will. Something about that just sort of like hits me right in the gut. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because I've done it. I've looked at him and like just tears streaming down my face. Like, I want to love you. You know, I, I want to, 
And, you know, once those crazy hormones passed, like, then I could, you know, and mm -hmm. it's so freeing. And I thought, oh, thank goodness. You know, I didn't know if I would get through this, but my sisters, everybody reassured me that I would. And I yeah. was so thankful. Yeah. Talk about oh. the importance of an outlet for sure. Yes, absolutely. So did, um, did both things kind of happen at once where you're like feeling less guilty about Hank and then feeling more bonded to Fred or did that yes. happen over a period of time? You know, it really was, I would say I would contribute both of it to the, to the postpartum kind of hormones. Yeah. Like once that was kind of out of my system, I could just relax and be normal mom to, to Hank. So the thing I've noticed about toddlers, if anyone else feels the same way that I did, <laughs> is like they don't play coy. They're not like acting like, oh, mom, I'm fine, but really I'm sad inside because you're not paying attention to me. No, they demand your attention. Correct. Like, so if Hank needed me, he told me he needed me. And if he was fine, it was because he was fine. He wasn't pretending. You know yes. what I mean? Like. They're good. They're going to be honest with you how they feel. So, like, that was reassuring to me, too. I remember asking you at the mall that day if you were nervous after having gone through what you did with Fred about adding another baby to the family and if you were afraid of the same feelings reoccurring. Did that change through the course of your pregnancy? Because you said that that wasn't really a fear for you at the time. You know, I, I think that the closer I got to having Jane, like... I had apprehensions about it, absolutely, because it's, it's miserable mm -hmm. to go through. It's so painful. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Um, you know, and I prayed about it a lot, and I prayed for other moms that I knew that I didn't know if they were experiencing it or not, but just that I would pray that they wouldn't, and I would pray that I wouldn't with Jane. And, you know, so that was part of it. And then a little part of it, and I don't know if this is like, really legit or not, but I started taking magnesium when I was pregnant with Jane because I had restless legs so, so, so bad. Um, and so it helped with that immensely, but the more I read about magnesium, so I continued to take it even after I had her, it's like, it helps your hormones be happy. <laughs> like interesting. It's so random. And so I kept taking it and I didn't have any postpartum with Jane. Wow. Like not at all. So I don't, I mean, God definitely has been gracious to me, um, but I also think like maybe adding magnesium like helped me. I don't know. That might help somebody. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. That's very, very interesting. So I was so thankful not to have it with her. Yeah. But it, it was definitely, I was nervous about it a little bit. I'll be honest. Sometimes I feel like having a third would like be a nice little do-over because I feel like me and Everett, you know, just didn't get off to a great start. <laughs> right. So, I mean, <laughs> so was Jane like a nice, peaceful little do-over? Yes, she was. <laughs> I'd recommend it to anyone with two. Going to three ain't bad. <laughs> See, that's very encouraging. I'm yes. very, very glad to hear that. Yes. All right. Um, Karen, let's talk a little bit more about you. We will move on from um, our postpartum conversation. Oh, sure. yeah. um, so you um, used to work at John Deere before um, you decided to just work inside the home yeah. with your kids. Um, so tell me, like, during the day, um, you know, you're in the trenches with your kids. What makes you feel, like, the most powerful? Like, what, what really gives you, like, like oh. I'm, I'm in major supermom mode? You know what? I, I love to work out. Not like, oh, I want to be really skinny, but like, I want to be really strong. So 
I love to work out. And then when I go and I take my kids places and I'm taking all three of them and I do like you ask my husband, I'll take all three of them anywhere, I you love know, that. and I'm strong enough to do it. And that is like, I looked at my sisters, like they took their kids everywhere. So both of my sisters have four kids. Um, and they both work and they both take their kid, you know, so like that for me is a big thing. Like I love to work out and feel strong so I can take my kids and we can do all the things and yeah. I have the endurance to do it. So, Oh, that's such a great, yeah. like, like place to be mentally too. And it's probably like such yeah. me time for you also. It is. You know what? I started going to the Y and they have child watch. So it's like, bye bye. I love you. <laughs> have fun. And the lady, can I just shout out to the ladies at the yeah. Y if any of them are listening? They are the most wonderful human beings. The ladies in the child watch at the two rivers Y they love my kids and are so kind to them. So like they're excited to go. Yeah. I feel good about leaving them, and I get to work out, so it's it's good stuff. Well, and that makes the difference because if that if those ladies weren't the great people they are, yes. then you wouldn't be able to do. You know, you wouldn't no. feel good about it. Or I'd go like once a week mm-hmm. and just like I can't do more than that. So yeah, no, but I go like several days a week, and they're wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So other than working out, what's the last thing that you like truly did for yourself? Oh, that is a good question. Um, my husband is so good about giving me time. You know, like I like to be at home. I'm kind of a homebody. I like to be with my family. That's I mean, not a bad thing. I'm going to tell you, I went, I was stuck at home because I was telling you before we started that my kids have been sick, like a couple oh, strains yes. of the flu. I've had a sinus infection. Like it's just been madness at our house. I went to like farm and fleet last Friday night and just walked around for an hour. And it was really lovely. If you have not frequented the farm and fleet, they got everything there. And it was really, it's closer than target to me. Yeah. So that's why I went, you know, see, that's how I feel about home goods. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of have like your little happy place. You can escape for an hour. And it was great. I got a new like little vac hand vac. I felt really good about it. It's candy. You know, my other place, and I talk about it a lot, is Costco. Oh, I, have you hit up the Costco? We used to have a Sam's Club at the bottom of our hill. Don't worry Moline. about that place. Move on. Move on. I want you to move on. I will. Can we just, like, maybe go together? <laughs> yes. I love that. Oh, I love Costco. <laughs> but we got to yeah. go during sample time if that's a thing there. Yes, it's absolutely a thing. Okay. It's 100% a thing. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the last, um, like, the last date night you had. So we went to... Johnny's recently, oh, God, a couple of weeks ago. Shout and out was, Chef Mark. Oh, is he? What a guy. I We love Johnny's. That's like a so go-to. I get the same thing like every time. Ooh, what is it? I get the cedar plank salmon. I oh. love salmon. And it's I never delicious. Had it. And so we had a wonderful date night and we went and hung out with our, so can I just tell you really quick about, yeah. I'm doing like all my shout outs now. <laughs> so the Noblo family, they live just a block from us. They have eight kids and they are the most wonderful kids in the world. And their mom and dad are the most wonderful parents in the world. So they are our babysitters. So we dropped the kids off and then we went and hung out they with They have their eight family. children and they invite your three. Yes. Sometimes Holy not smokes, like it's not because no, it's not even because we've asked them to babysit. Like sometimes they'll just be like, "Hey, can the kids come over and play?" Oh They're <laughs> wonderful. Wow. So I'm like, really impressed. Yes. So that was like a great day night because we got to have time by ourselves, and then we like hung out with our neighbors. It was great. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Um, tell me. Well, you've talked about this quite a bit. Um, I suppose a little bit, but 
Who's your biggest support system, would you say? It's like, it's, you know, it's a tie between really my husband, my mom, and my sisters. Like, they are my go-to people, and, like, I could just cry talking about each one of them and how wonderful they are. I mean, they, they pray for me daily. They encourage me. They check in on me. You know, it's not just me going to them like, oh, I'm, you know, this is hard today. Like, it's so it's so mutual. Like we just love each other and care about each other. And they're just, they're all, they're wonderful. And I feel bad for, you know, I I know not everybody has that. And I just, I know how blessed I am. Like I recognize it. So I'm thankful for them. Yes. That's great. Yes. Okay. Um, this might be a hard one. What part of life do you think right now needs work? Oh, you know, coming off the holidays, I've been eating a lot of candy. <laughs> Just like, I'm not, like, I, I'm a little embarrassed about how much candy I eat. Really? So I have, like, a Rubbermaid bin next to my seat on the couch. and it's Oh, kind that's of, a dangerous place to put like it. It's, kind of under a table, so it's, like, hidden. And so, like, I just reach my hand down there and, like, grab a handful I mean, I eat a lot of candy. I need to, like, cut her back. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> so gosh. That's what area needs a lot of work in my life. Well, yeah, especially for but, two people like you and I who hate the dentist as much as oh, we do. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's bad. I don't even I don't even want to go. I know what they're going to tell me. Yeah. No, I highly recommend just avoiding that place yep. altogether. Yep. Um, let's see. I think I've got all my little my little ditty questions answered, Great. Karen. Great. Um, I feel like in order to catch up with you, I need to invite you on the podcast more often. Oh, you know what I mean? Because life just gets that. busy. I would love life that. Life just gets busy. It does. <laughs> this has been so much fun. And can I ask you? Yeah. Like Everett's first year, what has been a couple of the, like, the more monumental moments that you've had with him? You know, oh, good, like victories, good things, yeah. you know, bad things, just, or whatever. Um. Oh, my gosh. Uh, like, the, like I'm really going to be a terrible mom because I'm going to struggle with this big time. No. Um, or just even in your marriage through this first yeah. year with him. Um. Well, I did. I flew with him when he was, like, seven weeks old. God bless he I, you. <laughs> he and I alone um, with my sister flew down to Fort Lauderdale <gasps> for my sister-in-law's baby shower. And so oh we, goodness. I mean, we killed that trip big time. And that trip, I was exclusively pumping. Oh, so, you know, you're yeah. pumping in the airport like a psychopath. Yeah. And then, um, um yeah, so, and, and there was, like, a baby shower to go to, you know, so you got to, like, bring all your stuff, like, it was stuff upon stuff yes. upon stuff and car seats. Blah, blah, blah. So, like, thankfully, my sister was there to help me lug all of this stuff. But, you like, are brave. It was, I mean, it Good was, like, you. it was one of those big dum-dum things where when I was still pregnant, I was like, I can totally come to your baby shower. Right. It's, an ex- <laughs> like, seven weeks. Easy peasy, we'll pack him right on up. Yeah. And so, like, thank goodness, like, by the seven-week mark, I had dealt with this, like, horrible monster and yes. at least was, like, getting it treated and figuring myself out because yes. otherwise, like, I can only imagine what would have happened. Like, oh. the TSA would have been involved if, like, <laughs> if I had not, like, been in a better, little bit better place when I took that flight. Right. So that was, um, so that was a goodie. Um, 
Like you were so strong to do that. I'm God, impressed. Like I just think more like tell you so you're dumb. crazy, but I think <laughs> no, no. I think you're strong. Good for you. Um, so that like that was kind of cool. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna like I pumped. So I I made it like six months exclusively Good. pumping, and That's so awesome. um so I pumped according to my little app fifty gallons, which like. Whenever I go to the grocery store and I see all those milk gallons lined up, I'm like, <laughs> one, two, three, like yes. that's like you know what I mean. Like that's an enormous it amount is. of milk to come out of a person. Doesn't that make you feel like <laughs> super strong and yeah. awesome though? Yeah, it also like was the most soul sucking experience of my life. It's so, hard. but it was so like I'm so glad that I did it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. I wish it had not have caused me so much like heartache, but. Um, yeah, I don't know why, like, asking me that question is so difficult because, because I do honestly, um, think that I'm still working on bonding to him. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no question and, um, it's just, it's just the God's honest truth. Everett prefers Turner, like follows him around the house, chases after him, like reaches for him. He and Turner are on a much better place than, than, um, he and I are. I don't, I certainly know that, that it's not permanent or no. personal or oh, no. anything other than just like these two homies really vibe, you know? Right. <laughs> I love um. that. That is a great way of putting it. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I just, I just think Everett will always be this, like this little human who, who came into my life, upended it. And then, like, kicked off, like, some of the best parts oh. of my life now. You know what I yes. mean? Like, like he's, you know, Abram, like, he's cool and all, but Everett, he's my game changer. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he's the one who really came and kicked me in the pants. That's amazing. Because I don't know. Is we, that okay? That is, like, <laughs> I think that's the best answer. Because it has been so hard. It, but when it changes you the way that it's changed you. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think, I would say, yeah, I think Everett made me a better person. Oh. 100%. Yeah. Oh, little buddy. So take that, Abe. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Abe, you helped me learn what an excavator is. <laughs> Everett. <laughs> you changed mommy's life. Mommy's so much better now. <laughs> I love him. He is such a little buddy. He's like, a sweet boy. He is so sweet. I mean. He's a really sweetheart. When I saw you, where did I see? Oh, was it? We were getting our Christmas tree. It was at Wallace's it that was day. At Wallace's, mm-hmm. And there he is, riding in your pack, just <laughs> smiling, just being adorable and so sweet. Oh, he's a doll. We have no idea why his head is perfectly round. Oh, like, he is the roundest, that. most perfect, like, gumball head. Oh. Like, it's just like, <laughs> he has the roundest head. He has the biggest, like, ears. Um, oh. So we make fun of him regularly for that. Um God, yeah. I, Fred, He's just a cool dude. He is amazing. I love him. And, and Fred is like, we kind of make fun of him, too. Because he, <laughs> like, so he's very pale. And he's got red hair. And so his hair is kind of like mine. It, like, grows out from his scalp. Okay. So, like, when it gets long, it doesn't just look long. Like, it, like, it's like a chia pet growing <laughs> out. And so we call it his helmet. Like, when he needs to get his hair cut, like... We got to go get that helmet taken off because it's a lot. So, I I mean, that's good. We get to this place where we can just laugh and enjoy their little funny things. I know. I, um... I... I'm sure I'll have posted a picture of, um, of it on Facebook by now, but, uh, Everett's nickname is Pongo. Oh. Um... (laughs) Okay. No, I want to hear why. So we call him Pongo because when he was born, 
he was covered in that that dark newborn hair, you know, like all down his ears and like on his shoulders and back. And it was real dark. And so it just, (laughs) and so Abram had a little book called Jungle Buddies that he had just gotten for Christmas (laughs) that year. And the lead character was a little orangutan named Pongo. (laughs) So we called him Pongo. And honestly, like. The ladies at daycare call him Pongo. <laughs> no. Everett doesn't under or Abram doesn't understand that it's Pongo, so he says Congo. Oh. So we have Pongo, Pongi, Congo, Congi. Oh my gosh, that's so, I love it. So his um his little birthday cake cake topper will say Pongo on it that with a little so monkey holding sweet. a banana. <laughs> So really, he's like he's he's our he's our shining star in that he's got a lot of character. Yes, and see, I love how you just like laugh at it. You know, like it's just yes. funny. You have to be able to laugh at all this stuff, right? Yes, a hundred percent agree. Oh. That newborn hair did eventually fall off. I mean, the ears Good. are still intact. He still has the little pongo ears, but. Oh. God bless him. It's so cute. <laughs> I love it. Karen, you are a delight. Oh, you are such a good friend, and you. Um, Thank you. I know that you didn't expect that one conversation would be so profoundly impactful for me, Um, but it was, and it encouraged me to open up and to reach out, and I wouldn't have done that if you weren't 100% open and listened the way you did that day. So you'll always be part of that story, and you are part of the reason this podcast exists, because you encouraged me to speak. And That's to amazing. Say what I was feeling, and that changed everything for me. So, Aww, thank you, thank you so for much for being my a good friend. friend. Yes, thank you, and thank you. I mean, I'm so proud of you that you, you know, you found the strength and you found your voice and you speak out and you help so many moms who are going through these same difficult things. And we, you know, one of my favorite verses is rejoice with those who are rejoicing and weep with those who are weeping. And I think that's where we moms find community. And I'm so thankful that you could share and we could, you know, we yeah. can weep together, you know, and get through it. Bottom so. line is, is when you're in the trenches of being a mom, you are so not alone. No matter what it is, you are not alone. And Absolutely. so I hope anyone who listens to this podcast or any of our 30 other episodes finds that they're not alone in whatever it is, whether it's, um, you know, something funny like some terrible potty training bathroom story or if it's <laughs> right. something more serious like you know just not not recognizing yourself after having a baby so thank you for being yes. part of this community and for um for listening and supporting us and for sharing on a mother level with a friend um i'm gonna go cry into a pillow now okay goodbye <laughs> <laughs> you have been listening to the wqad podcast network